0: What does it take to become an elite 40k player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40k Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches.
1: Hello and welcome to Art of War I'm Broken Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. I lost a lot this weekend, and my spirit remains unbroken, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 21 of the podcast, and we are very glad you're able to join us today. They say we learned the most from our losses, and that is exactly what this podcast aims to do. We are interviewing elite players who lost one to two games in an event, and we are breaking down the mistakes they made and how they learned from those mistakes. How often have you blamed the game on bad dice? We have all done it. I've done it, you've done it. I did it this weekend. So, that's what this podcast aims to debunk. Unbroken traveled down to New Orleans this weekend, and I had eight fantastic games of 40K. One of those opponents just so happens to be our guest today. He YOLO charged me turn three with the Space Wolves and YOLO'd his way into the hearts of 40K players across America. And, as an added bonus, we are going to have a super secret second co-host joining us today who happens to be a resident expert on Space Wolves. Now, this is part one of the podcast. In this part, we will analyze the game. We will talk about common mistakes that are made. We will talk about the secondaries, the mission, target priority, all the good stuff. You can join us for part dose for subscribers only, where we will dive into strategy, adjustments to the list, all the things the player took from the game and what he plans to do moving forward. We're going to talk about how his army plays into your army, whether it's combat-centric, shooty-centric, a mix of the two. We're going to just really break it down going into all the archetypes. We're going to talk about new strategies that maybe he learns and just that elite player mindset. My co-host today was left as the only Brad standing this weekend in New Orleans. He defeated John Lennon and the absentee Brads to claim the title of Brad Uno. No longer Brad Dose. He has ascended to the top level of Braddom. He's a nine-time member of Team USA. He won a lot of Adepticons, too many to count. He is a three-time top-eight LVO finisher. He won the Armed Forces GT this year. He won the 2021 ACO. He was a runner-up this weekend, losing a very tight one to Richard Siegler at the New Orleans Games Workshop Open, Mr. Brad Chester.
2: Huzzah!
1: Super psyched about this.
2: Also, if you were were there in New Orleans, you would have got to see the unbroken (laughs) after-hours instead of objective. after-dark after dark those were fantastic
1: so how does it how does it feel to have ascended all the way to the rank of the top brad again does it feel good i
2: left a, a pile of broken bodies behind me there were so many brad parts behind me in my my march to numero uno brad status i was very i was ready i was excited and i would not be denied
1: there was a it, it, the weekend ended with a single duel it was brad versus john lennon who was an honorary brad for the weekend and they stood and just stared each other down and uh it was pretty epic you'll have to watch the youtube video after right. hours after hours our uh, second second co-host for the first time ever on unbroken he's exploded onto the scene in 2021 he's had multiple top finishes in the highly competitive atlanta rtt community several large gt top finishes he defeated old man brad and nick natavati at charity hammer to finish second overall he is a friend of Art of War and a friend of Unbroken, Mister Jaime Paris. That's <sighs> a
0: good. I'm talk some more wolves, man.
1: I'm so excited
2: I'm, that he didn't mess up your name for the 52nd know, time in a row. I know. I know.
1: Well, I tell you this, uh, this last weekend, I actually went up to him. And I gave him permission if, when I call, if I call him Jamie ever again. If you go back to the podcast, I think it was episode six. I said it throughout the entire episode. So if I ever call him Jamie again, he gets to hit me. So I just hope by the end of this episode, I don't know, just like come out of here, just like broken and beaten. (laughs) I I,
2: I do love the (laughs) fact that you got the full and broken uh, experience this weekend because Blake and I roomed together and uh, every time he would, anytime he would make a mistake in the game, I would give him the full beatdown about why you should not
1: have done that. So Does he just get beat up a lot, is what you're telling me, for a lot of things? I did, but I'm unbroken still, so that's the thing. He he finally
2: learned. We we had to say, this is how you use Raiders. And he went, what about this? No.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. So, finally, we're getting to it. Here's our guest today. He finished top eight in his second major ever this last weekend. He is a War Room member who you may remember as a frequent Q&A question master. He is now a champion of the Space Wolves. Mr. Hunter Nichols. It it is I, the troll
3: of 40 K here to give you all the questions and answers that you have.
1: Well, I have a question for you today, Hunter. Yes, sir. Who's more of an old man, you or Brad? Oh, Oh man. It's a oh, race to the top. I, I think
3: don't head <laughs> I
2: got I got there first. so I was ready to if,
3: <laughs> But if you look in the rear view mirror, it says objects are not far behind. I'm just, I'm just humming, trying to get there.
1: <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because I sent you an email today and uh, you had a Yahoo email address And I just, I, I mean, I think my grandpa has one, but beyond that, you're the only other person I know who has a Yahoo email address. So Love congratulations on that. Too.
3: Yeah. You just wait till I pull out my like, uh, AOL instant messenger oh, AOL where, where can you you can meet me at aimcom <laughs> yes yes we
1: get it and I'm sure
3: there's a lot of I'll people know that they' like what exactly
1: <laughs> we're actually recording this on MSN messenger right now cool oh, cool man. boy Blake is uh, is sending out some messages <laughs> but let's just get around to the discussion here I want you to tell us uh, Just tell us a little bit about We were all there, but tell us a little bit about the New Orleans Open down there for Games Workshop.
3: Man, what a great event. Uh, And again, talking to someone that's only been to two majors in the last year, um, and if you could rewind time, when I was a young lad and I played Warhammer Fantasy, I went to one in Austin. I'll say this is the best event I've been to. Uh, Kudos to the judges and the... uh, the people that ran the event, I thought it was like the smoothest. There was no like, hey, everyone hang out for a minute. Let's figure out a problem that we've had. I thought it was a smooth and a great event. There was like 180 people, I think, ar- around the number. That was event. And, and uh, I thought it was just a great event. 180 people or so. It went smooth. There was no hiccups. We had videos. We had live cam. We had, you know the nick nanavani out there giving us live casts of some big games my messenger has been blown up from people saying how much great the quality of it was so like kudos to gw and everyone involved yeah things went
2: well okay kudos i'm gonna have to give a big shout out to the judging those guys were doing active judging and they were doing a great job of just being everywhere for questions anything and then
0: also the terrain the mm, terrain was mm-hmm, amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that all the tables were painted, you rarely see that at a tournament. It was, yeah, yeah. was Incredible.
3: Uh a- absolutely. Yeah. The terrain was beautiful.
1: I have to say though, you know, like uh they were really good in Orlando, but I thought they really were more organized. Not that they weren't in Orlando, but New Orleans felt like, you know, Games Workshop was the presence there. Like even the awards ceremony, just having like the the backup be in the store and having the big like pictures in the background as they took it. I thought that was pretty cool. And those, I know we, we not talking Bosma,
2: about dude. Our, our, uh, we took a bunch of art of war pictures afterwards, and it looks like they're photoshopped because the backdrops for GW were so good looking.
1: You know, we always talk about like the terrain for these events. I feel like we have just beaten it to death though on this podcast. We I think we interviewed three people from uh, Games Workshop Orlando. So I think most of our listeners kind of know the Games Workshop terrain now. Uh, Brad, could you give us like a 30-second synopsis of what that terrain was like?
2: It's a little bit different. That's the thing right now is we're playing uh, several different ways to play 40K as far as terrain-wise. Right now, the GW terrain is four big blocks. I think they're 14 by 14, um, and they have no windows, so they're blocking. So they basically uh, cover about two-thirds of that big block, and the entire block is considered area terrain. So you have to, you can be completely behind it to be not in the terrain, but the biggest thing is is that there is no windows in that terrain. So it's such a big deal uh, that you have the appropriate block and line of sight terrain. So you've got four blocks, two in each, effectively starting uh, about halfway in the deployment each deployment's deployment zone, and then you have you've got two side pieces, uh, depending on whether you're playing hammer and anvil or uh, any of the board quarter type missions. Uh, versus the dawn of war that the terrain setup actually moves so it it's really nice because you have a lot of obscuring terrain on the board and it it doesn't feel like first or second turn you're just going to get blasted off the board unless of course you're playing a couple certain armies which we won't mention on this podcast right now but uh overall it was it was really cool to play i just i love the fact that i could you could take advantage of the you know the plus one to save from like cover and things of that nature without just being standing there. You know, you typically in a lot of tournaments, if you're in the terrain, you're, you know, you can see through those windows and all of a sudden you're getting a shot. They made like really large pieces of terrain too. It was like four or five inches um, on every side. So you could completely block while you were inside the terrain, take advantage of that cover and still Staying outside a lot of sight. It was, I just liked it a lot.
1: Speaking of being uh, in the terrain, I found Brad hiding in the corner in some some local terrain at the hotel. He was just there quivering because uh, at one point Justin Curtis walked by. He just had this flashback of a, uh, of a what's it called? Brad, <laughs> Peter, Peter fire Peter. you oh, know what?
2: It's the fire raptor. Thank you very much. You know what? <laughs> I'm past that. Well, I've went through therapy. <laughs> I've went through therapy. I got injections. I'm on pills. We've had talk therapy and I've moved past it. So what I want to do is, you know what? We're going to go over a little bit different way today. Both you gentlemen brought Space was this weekend. And what we usually do is we ask to go over the list itself uh, that you brought. I'd like to go over both your guys' lists and see where the the uh, the differences were. You both did very, very well this weekend. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of want to see the the... With the subtle differences in your space, with
0: this, it. Hunter, why don't you go first?
3: Okay, I'll uh, I'll go first, and I'd, I'd be willing to bet there were some staples in both of our lists, and then we just kind of like came to a fork in the road and went our own path, and there was nothing. Should we just more. go
0: through like all of the slots, like HQ's troops, Elites, and then just compare, because that okay. might be the easiest way. I,
3: that sounds great to me. How about we'll start at HQ's? Okay, sure. I got a chapter master with Saga the Hunter a jump pack, lightning claws paired, but let's just go ahead and upgrade them the Frost Claws. Mm-hmm. And I gave him the Imperial Sword.
0: Exactly because,
3: the same guy. Okay, yeah, we copied and paste. Got it. Because yep. that guy is awesome.
1: Could you he tell is. us what the Saga of the Wolf and the Frost Claws do for the, those who may not know? Listen saga out. of the Hunter.
3: Yeah, the Saga of the Hunter gives you plus one to advance and charge. And if you make a charge, which I'm going to say it's pretty easy. You have an aura of advance in charge and fallback in charge. People forget about that one.
0: Um, the it, fallback in charge only applies if you already have advance in charge. Correct. Sorry. Which huge. applies to like uh, Cyber Wolves and Thunder Wolves that already have advance in charge.
3: Yes. Yeah, sorry. But you have an advance in charge. It just feels
0: good. Which is huge. Like it's a huge speed mobility to the list. Yeah. So I we, love it. We, we exactly the same guy. Especially a it's a six inch aura.
3: Um... <laughs> But he has damage to Lightning Claws that are with the Imperial Sword and the Frost Claws. It means you're Strength 6, um, which, on the charge. Uh, strength 5, if you're not on the charge. But you get Reroll Wounds, you're Damage 2. I think he has 8 attacks. It, yes. Um, I think me and J- uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Paris can both explain that we're both uh, successor Wolves, too. So every 6... To hit, oh yeah, is an, is explodes to one additional, and then if we get the turn three or the combat doctrine, it's two additional, uh, which is what you want. Uh, my next choice is a I did a lieutenant with a pair of lightning claws. We'll talk about that probably later on what what we change moving forward. But I to you know, F- right
0: yeah. a lieutenant with a Thunderhammer yeah exactly because i wanted them to slap a little harder but the claws are also good options just for the volume of attacks because he only has four attacks so mm-hmm. with landing claws he goes to six which is which is really nice
3: yeah i did i did mine with two claws um rights of war and the armor of russ and a in a jump pack
0: exactly the same but i had the hammer
3: yeah and it, moving forward i'm gonna put a hammer on this guy um is what i learned
0: i love the hammer
3: yeah, the the hammer went up in stock points this weekend, and then I have a uh, Primaris chaplain on bike. I gave him the uh, litany of faith for the five up, feel no pain versus mortals. I gave him, you know, he always has the reroll all hits. I gave him the uh, wise orator. I get the big debate uh, in the community of yes or no. I'm going to go with yes, just from personal experience. Uh, if you want to put a warlord trait somewhere else. I get it, but like I'm going with yes. I got mileage out of it this weekend. And then I gave mine a relic. What word trade did you put on him? I, I, wise Orator. Yeah, two, yeah. two up litanies. Yeah, the two up litanies, and then when I need to auto cast a litany, it's one CP. Sounds good to me. Um, I gave my guy a relic this week. Let's just not even talk about it. Just cross that out.
0: One <laughs> relic to give
3: him? I gave him a relic. Cause I thought I was gonna like surprise everyone with my trap card, Yugi boy Of uh, the I gave him a relic that has to be a Primus character that if you're within 18 inches of him, you're minus one to cast. And if you don't get a psychic power off, uh it's D3 Mortal Wounds. And it sounds great until you play one opponent with a psyker. So I threw that one away. You can just go ahead and... What are you going to change on next week? you know, ask me a little bit. It's gone.
0: Just throw that I had there. Benediction of Fury in my Chaplain just because the characters and spaces are so important. You <laughs> need every single one of them doing work. So I got him a flat three damage and strength six and then six is to wound, do a mortal wound. So just so he's so he always hurting if he gets him to combat The two damage from a normal Crozius is just not good enough.
3: Yep. Sounds good to me. <laughs> As I was... Trying to, like, tape into the Thousand Suns in a Grey Knights meta.
2: I agree on that. I mean, that's, the thing is, is that 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 uh, damage three uh, damage point is so big right now in the meta. There's so many things with either three wounds
0: or two wounds and a final no pain.
3: So I guess, exactly. uh, Mr. Paris, did you have any different, I mean, we thought we were going to go through sections. That was my three HQs.
0: Yeah. So mine are exactly the same three. I just had Benediction of fear of my chaplain. And then I had the final pain litany in case mm-hmm. I got smited to death. Yep. I didn't really use it much. So I'm going to drop that one. I'm actually going to take plus one a wound now. Just mm-hmm. so, cause this was, have a strap for plus one a wound. And now I can have a second unit for plus one a wound in combat, um, which reduces my CP consumption or lets me hit two big things at once. So see I'm with the that, plus one of wound real hits and the plus two of charge. Here.
3: Interesting, because uh, I, I just want to hold on to, to the. I, I think I feel like I got some mileage out of the uh five up feel no pain this weekend.
0: No, absolutely. It's just I I, I didn't see it come up enough knock. Okay. And when I was eating smites, I was okay with it. Like I I found myself casting real hits and plus two a charge even when I was charging into mortal mm-hmm. wounds spam lists. I was just like, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I'll eat the motor wounds.
3: Uh, man, I feel like this is the, uh, in my group, this is what we yell at each other about. every day. can drive wrong, and we don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I feel the same way on that. There's a lot of things to go either way. I think the biggest thing is that you're talking about, for everybody that doesn't know, that hasn't played enough with it, one of the biggest reasons isn't just for the plus two to the charge. Uh, the litany actually gives that extra movement on the pylon that consolidates, which means you we can get, get that, huge. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually think that's way bigger because most of the time you're setting up charges that are almost autos. Anyways, mm. it's really that extra movement uh, after that. You know, that pylon that consolidate all of a sudden where your opponent isn't strained out correctly because they didn't see that twelve inches of movement basically coming back on them.
3: Man, I, I cannot explain how much that extra movement is valuable to a melee army. Like oh yeah, it, it is worth its weight in gold. Yep. Um I guess the next section I go to troops. I have one unit of assault intercessors and two unit of incursors.
0: And if, I had uh, two blood on. plus one incursor, okay. just cause points. Um if I had five points, I would do assault marines one hundred percent just because mm-hmm. the plus one attack per model, the transhuman access, and then fight twice yep. is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then double incursors if you have the luxury, sure. Uh, I got cool. by with one. Um mm-hmm. Did you forward deploy both most of the time? Uh, you know, th- this is what I say. It
3: depend when you, after you make your list. If you have like ten to fifteen points, because that's that's the difference between like blood claws or assault intercessors is five points. Assault intercessors and Cursors is another uh, ten points. Just see how much points you got left, and it's not a bad upgrade. I would.
0: That's base.
3: <laughs> At least four deploy one. When I played like Vital Intelligence, I did two. Oh my God, um, it's such a big deal because it's
2: the command phase that you take it. Yes. Any of those that you have that, especially if you're playing Vital Intelligence, mm-hmm. you got to figure that uh, Search and Destroy is the same way. If you take an objective and they don't take it away from you and you have it in the command phase, it stays yours. And I love that in the five. And, especially in vital but in any of the five objectives mm-hmm. because you can just start on that objective in you know basically your left hand corner uh, outside of your deployment zone in the best possible spot to take it That's so good
3: and, and and i agree with that a thousand percent because i did it twice or i did like the forward deploy the incursors were my like if they were to, like the slap box champions. Of the uh, of the week, they, they did nothing melee-wise, which is kind of insane if you look at, like, compare them to other stuff. But it was just the forward deploy. That's all I needed. I needed some forward presence to be forward, and we so just sit around and, 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 and <laughs> slap each other for three times.
0: If you all agree, if you have access to forward deploy in your oh, codex, take you it, should take have it, it in it. your hey. list. At, At least a, one. If it's Madrigues for Drakari, yes. Incursions for Space Marines, whatever it is, take it.
1: There's and just too many things to that, forward to,
2: that move. It's like the Raiders for Ad Max Sisters with their scout moves. You can't let people just collapse on top of you uh, if you have a defense against it.
3: Yeah, and it's just like like uh, like my second arm is Grey Knights, and we don't have we don't just we just don't have forward deploy. Having forward deploy, even though my, my end curses would be like the the sissies of the weekend, they they botched everything they could do, but because I could move forward, they, they earned their points.
2: I do love it. I always use it for the, in all my Marine armies, I use that or Infiltrators out. And I love the fact that they get killed. And or I'm just hiding them and taking objectives the whole game that I forgot what infiltrators were actually armed with in hand in hand
3: because they hadn't fought in so long. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even shoot with these guys. I'm like, I have no idea what weapon they're armed with. They're just their gun is super good.
0: They ignore modifiers and they ignore cover. So like you're actually hitting flyers and things like that when we hit on threes and ignoring cover, like it's actually decent.
3: I hear you. I just like okay, these are my pawns that are just a little bit ahead of the party. If they die turn one, cool. I just shrug and kind of something else didn't, so why not? Yeah. Now here's now, now that we've covered the basics, here's where like the uh the bait happens this is the elite slot for space wolves. I went with Hounds of Morcai. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start off hot with them.
0: Ballsy, ballsy. Yeah,
3: You yes, I went. I threw the dice and said, let's see what happens. Um, a judicar. I love the fact that you took
2: all kinds of psychic did for no no one to play them against you.
3: L- let's not even talk about that, okay? Like, <laughs> this- <laughs> I, uh, I knew, because I also, I played Grey Knights, and I know how scary, if you have not played against Grey Knights, they are scary. Don't, do not fall asleep on Grey Knights. They punch hard. Um, but I said, you know what's great versus Grey Knights negative one to cast. You know what's even better negative two because I took a, I took a relic, and that could go for Thousand Suns too. But I know they got their shenanigans to do extra cast and auto cast. I I get it, you know, but I wanted it because I thought I was gonna be flooded with because Thousand Suns is a pretty common army. Grey Knights are cool. I figured I would. I honestly thought in this GT Open. I would see, like, three Grey Knights players. I was wrong. Um, but I brought the Hounds of Morikai. I brought a Judicar, which, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. The uh, When you say, I want to play Successor Space Wolves, it auto-inputs on Battlescribe or whatever after you're using three Wolfguard units, <laughs> jetpacks. Yep. Yeah, they, yes. And then... Another con. I went with all the controversy this weapon this weekend. A unit of Woofen with frost calls, all of them.
0: I said, All you they are so good because the Wolfen fight on death. I was
2: just about to say, uh, i throw those, get throw why what the Wolfen do. That's because that fight on death is terrifying, by the way.
3: Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. Wolfen, and then there's one guy, and I'm sure this will be a question later, were my MVP this weekend. I loved every match i had with wolfen they got more
1: than their points
3: and, and
2: i you're still in
1: Brad's thunder and he's going to kill you at the I end know. of this episode so you're murdered <laughs> you're sorry. dead
3: all good things happen in part 2 after hours okay wolfen or a hidden gem that when we all got the codex and and i preach this to my group is the low hanging fruit is so good we're all just like when when space wolf's codex came out Everyone said Thunderwolf Cav. Man, that sounds awesome. They advance and charge, and they get all these attacks and blah 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 blah. And I said, and they, and they looked at Woofing from last edition, and we got to admit, last edition Woofing were great. But when they got kind of a, I'm going to say a nerf. I'll I'll, I'll, be, I'll admit they're a nerf. Everyone threw a them. nerf. Yeah, they were like a Nerf bat. Yeah, they, they got hit hard. <laughs> no, more
2: three, no more 3-up involved, no more advanced.
3: Yes. No more 3 no pain. Look, you're talking to someone who's got 15, I'm talking about 16 Nerf uh, woofing that have gotten a little dust on them. I have 25, so let's not. All right? yeah, yeah. I miss them so much. <laughs> you, yes, you all get it. But I said, you know what? If you keep wolfing cheap with frost claws, all frost claws, they're 135 points, which is cheaper than a wolf claw unit, and on GW terrain, I got so much mileage out of this unit. They they hit on they get, they they always count as being an assault doctrine. They fight on death. They, they they're T5 strength five, and then whatever weapons that you choose to throw on them. It just it just makes them better. Honestly, the kicker I got out of them was the reroll to charges. I probably saved out of uh, three, six, seven, eight games. I- I'd be willing to bet I got ten CP worth of reroll charges, and maybe I've got bad luck. It is really really good. Maybe I had bad luck. I don't know. I just feel like every game I got at least one reroll charge, and and, and I don't know like. Outside of that, they fight on death, and we'll get to that later. That is like the key <laughs> so, in my, As my someone wound.
2: that kills everything in combat that fight on death feels oh, they have like scary. five attacks each
3: like with rerolls the wound like what else and, and sixes explode like we'll get to that. I'm sure that that'll be a conversation and maybe turn two or uh chapter two but um that was my elite slot. Mr. Paris, what did you bring?
0: For my elites, I brought the three wolf card. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all on the storm shields. I did have a claw and a hammer on the sergeants, and I loved it. And, Having and, access to the Hammers when and, you need them. And it, I agree. But Yes. So,
2: by the way, I just want to throw in this over the weekend before you finish that. Hunter and I were sitting and we were talking about his list, and we'll go into that in part two also. like Change-wise, And we're like, man, I really think that... You should have that thunder hammer on there. Uh, It it feels like it would add a lot. He's like, I'm definitely going to take the thunder hammer and the lightning claw in my next build. And then you you walked up and we were like, Hey man, what are you taking on those? You're like, thunder hammer, lightning claw. I'm like, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so good because you have access to your 21 attacks, and if you need something like a little stronger, you use a hammer. It's like so so good. So those are my three wolf guard. Yes,
1: I had.
0: Um, two Redemptors, both Plasma Gatlings. They were okay. They just they just die, die fast now. Like everyone's everyone's ready to kill Dreadnights. So if they can kill Dreadnights with four up in ones, they can kill Redemptors. But those
1: were my leads. So I like this. I like both y'all's list. We got two kind of similar but a little bit stylistic differences there. So Hunter kind of seems like you tech pretty hard there to go into Gray Knights and Thousand Suns, and then you uh, it's like you you whiffed. You whiffed, you whiffed on your matchups, man
2: let's what, let's talk about the, the the more infantry based on that. I mean did you did you feel that the dread Knights were still a good pick in the GW terrain with the lots of large blocking pieces that you couldn't walk through still?
0: Yes, because most of the objectives were in pretty open spaces. so my dread were normally behind my terrain with line of set on the objectives. instead of trying to shoot into my opponent's deployment zone, I just had them shooting onto the objectives without getting returned fire because the opponent can't see mine behind my terrain. So I like the role that they performed, but I'm gonna start looking at other options to replace them. Just cause without cause I, because I dropped the librarian just because I want to take a board of the witch against a uh, Thousand Suns and Grey Knights. Without the cover save and the minus one to be here, they just don't survive. So unfortunately they're probably gonna have to go. And you guys both had a pod. Yep. I had mine with three grab and one multi melter uh, on both units.
3: Yeah, I went with the um I went with the more uh two long fangs. I had one with three multi-melters and one grav. And I went with three like flip it the other way, three grabs and one multi melter Um because I put a cherub in each each squad and I said my idea, and maybe I'm right or wrong, was depending on who I'm playing against, sometimes multi-belts suck. And sometimes grav can oh, yeah. feel really good. So I wanted at least the opportunity in each squad to pop a cherub and the plus one to hit got the, with the sergeant into yep. whatever problem I had. Um, I know in my last game versus Blood Angels, all that grav felt really good. They hate Grav. They do it just yes, but like in the games where I needed like one two three uh, three four multi meltas that could like we got it yeah yeah it was it just felt good. I don't know um, that, there were, that there, there was surprising of enough, the uh, list. a surprising enough big
2: stuff here too, so it's hard to just dump those multi meltas because of that fact. We did mm-hmm. have a, a decent amount of large. Large creatures, knights, and whatever else.
1: Yes, yeah, they uh, certainly uh, did pretty well in our matchup.
3: Oh man, um, more more than yeah, it was just the the fact that uh, I guess we can talk about that later. But like in our matchup, having that grav unit that I did not put in the melt squad or did not put in the drop pod that could just kill that could have killed screens just sitting behind the wall. It just felt I, I just my list was made to have like a Swiss Army knife. Maybe not the best answer
1: to questions, but at least a answer. Let's go ahead and uh, just jump right into the matchup here, man. So, you played in your first round. Was it the round of eight? So, you won your round, first round of 16. You went into the round of eight and you actually squared off against none other than Brad Chester. So, Brad, tell us what was in your list. A bunch of mm-hmm.
2: jank. <laughs> I brought, <laughs> I,
0: the usual. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I brought. I, I didn't exactly set the world on fire with my choices. I wasn't busting out of anything. Uh, two succubuses, both punchy punch hate. I brought the archon, full punch archon. Then I had four units of five racks. Two units of uh, witches, one being blood brides. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I had three units of five hellions. Two units of two Kronos in dark technomancer. A unit of three reaver jet bikes who are crazily the mvps and usually lasted exactly one round but and then uh, i feel like i'm missing something three units of raiders and three units of five incubi
1: so what mission were did y'all end up meeting on y'all that was mission it would have been mission six so we, was played, we
2: played battle lines and the ultimate uh test of there's not going to be tactics used because it's only a four mission objective
1: so y'all play battle lines, which is the the four objective one. They get the two in the middle, one in each deployment zone. And what secondaries each y'all take? This was uh the secondaries
3: matchup was such a great like. We both was like we hate. We both said before the even started saying we hate this mission. It's my least favorite mission, hands down by far.
2: Um, more than the scouring. I, I would literally rather play the scouring yeah. the battle lines because I, like, of the. I'll, I'll take the, the scouring yes. yeah. every time. Every time, man, it, right. it's, it's the four. It's the way that it's not only just for objectives; it's where the objectives are. Correct. It's just. It's just even you can like have no plan besides derping up to the middle, and the problem is, is that even though that seems like a terrible
3: plan, it ends up being the only plan you have because you have to do it. Yes. I would rather play Brad on the scouring than this mission. Or actually, you know what? I'd rather play you know, on direct assault if we had to like go back in time and pick. Um. I would not like to play Marines on direct assault. You'd have to go <laughs> yes. to the
2: middle and score 45 <laughs> on secondaries. Yeah, so what, what, you, what did y'all what take? And you and
3: how did y'all decide to go into it? Uh,
2: I actually... What did I take? I took a, I took Stranglehold. I actually took the mission secondary.
3: Yes. Um,
2: and then... Uh, what was my? I, now I'm blanking on my third secondary because I hemmed he and hawed about it for so long. I took. Yeah, I was say I was I was hemming and hawed whether I was going to take rods or not. I, so I took Stranglehold, the mission, and rods. Yeah.
1: What's the mission secondary on this one? Actually,
2: two points for holding the either one of the two middle objectives in your command phase, and three points for holding your opponents. And I was banking on the fact that I could get hopefully two two. Uh, holding one or the other, basically going a hard flank. And I have so much trash that I was hoping to steal the
1: back objective at some point in time and get that three. Right. Just push hard with your speed and all that. Yeah. Like, what'd you take, Connor? My idea, uh, all and, right. And
3: we'll talk about like if I could like turn back time, like share, I would swap one secondary out, but we'll get to that. <laughs> now I'm singing that stupid song in my head. <laughs> Because we both talked about it. We both like kind of nodded each other and said, yeah. Um, I took Stranglehold, Oath of Moment, because you're Marines. And then I took uh, Rod as well, uh, Retrieve Octarius Data. And my goal was not to get all of Rod. It was to get like three, which is pretty doable um, with my list. And when I'll, I'll admit, when Brad took the mission-specific one, because you have to hold it for a whole turn, the two in the middle. It, it's not the end of your turn, like stranglehold. You have to hold it for a whole turn. I said,
0: uh, I, I, I have. Well, you for it, you well, yeah, yes. I'm not gonna
2: lie. That was my my. I didn't. I wanted the game to push forward before the the third turn. Also, though,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: I knew if I took the mission, it forces the action. Yeah, uh, and I felt that I could extend forward and kind of choose where I got the
3: fight um, because you have to not let me churn up points in that. Correct. If it, and like share, if I could turn back time and find a way, okay, <laughs> I would not take stranglehold. And I even said this to Brad and he was like, yeah, that, that would not be a horrible idea if we knew who was going first. Um, there's a space marine strat, uh, a space marine um, uh, mission objective to where it says it. it's like shock assault or shock attack, something along those lines. It just says if you take one objective from your opponent with a
0: unit, you get three CP. Oh my god, I've never even thought about no that. No way. Oh, it, dude, thank it, you. It's, you it's sh- just so good in
2: battle lines, though, because you have to basically keep going over the same two objectives.
3: Yes, and and the only reason I told Brian I was like, the reason why I didn't take it is because I didn't know who was going first, but I knew in my mind, when I did this whole mission in my mind, because you should, I've played Drakari many a times, and I know how this battle kind of goes, is that they trade better, and if it, like, round five, I just have nothing left. You know, I'm just like, yeah, that's it. Um, The only reason why I took Stranglehold, because it's in the same mission as this one, like Shock Assault or something, is because I said, I can't get it turn one. If I go second, or if I uh, if I don't know if I'm going first or second, I ended up going second versus Brad. But um, yeah, that that one because even at the last game, the last turn, it's like just throw something and maybe take one objective, you get three points. Um, but yeah, to, yeah that that was our two layouts, and
1: we you know looked at each other and said, let's see what happens. So tell me, kind of, what was your so you kind of talked about what your strategies were mm-hmm. for. Pretty much playing for the primary also, because there's only four objectives, so there's really very few thoughts on that. I mean, you're going based on what your secondaries are, essentially. So tell me, Brad went first, kind of walk me through what he inevitably did, which we pretty much probably know from what he took, but how you responded.
3: So in my mind, when Brad picked his, I said, we're going to do a dance. He's going to throw two units out and take the objectives. And then I'm going to throw two units out and kill his. And we're just going to keep repeating this process until we're out of units. And uh, long story short, because he had the one that says you have to hold the mission specific, um, you have to hold that thing to your turn. I was like, I think I may have a secondary advantage over Brad. Um, and then we'll see what happens at the end of the game. That did not go to plan. Um, I missed a charge turn one. It was a five, it was like a five or a six inch re rollable charge. <laughs> rollable charge,
1: <laughs> that's a real yeah, thing.
3: Because yeah, because we don't right say
2: dice. The only thing that I would say differently is I probably would have sent out a jump unit yes. to guarantee, as opposed to because I had three random reaver jet True. bikes that went, Hey, we're still alive. I have no idea how, but we're still alive.
3: Yeah, I just, I thought, I was like, you know what, a 5-inch, or 5 or 6-inch re-rollable charge, because I had the litany, and I had woofing. I just had, like, my my safety net, I felt good. I did, no one expects the 6-inch, you fail, re- free re-rollable charge, but I did, and it, it happens, you know? Um... So long story short, I made one charge on the right flank, but I failed a charge on the left flank. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, because now I'm down 10 points. Brad got an extra five on the primary. I didn't get three for a stranglehold, and he got an extra two for the uh, missions-specific one. And and you specifically
2: tried to roll out your dice against my uh, Hellions, and I immediately grabbed them before you could
0: do it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, we all do what we got to do. so, yeah, after turn one, I kind of blinked my eyes. I was like, ooh, I'm down 10 points because I missed a charge. Now let's play the game and see what Brad does. Things got scary, I'm not going to lie. It, it did get scary because I think you and me both expected it. it. was like, oh, yeah, like we'll do this dance a turn or two and then see what happens. But, um, yeah, I got put on the back foot. Early, I was down ten points before I could blink, and it wasn't even like a risky play. It was like, oh yeah, six inch rollable charge, cool.
1: And so after that point, kind of, how did you try to recover off of fa- after on the double six yard? <laughs> God,
2: so, that's when he when he decided to well, uh, the after dark version of this when he went he pulled out certain things <laughs> and we yeah, all I, in.
3: So long story short, and me and, and me and Brad both agreed. And I do not regret this decision moving forward. I think I made the right play, and we'll get to like things I could have done different. I said, you know what? Me and you were going to dance for like four or five turns, and we'll see what happens at the end of the game. Uh, because now I'm down 10 points, I was given the nuclear option. I have to go. If I if I were to keep continue this dance, we'd look at each other at the end of the game. Brad would get 95, I get 85, and Brad would not even sweat. Because he had more units, he had the he had everything he needed. You know what I mean? He had the units, he had the board control, he had the uh, he, he had the primary and the secondary because I missed that one charge. And it, it's crazy to think that one charge, a six, it's not even like a nine inch out of deep strike charge. It was like a, we both, I bet I'd be one to bet that if I made that charge, Brad just like picks up his unit. I have an offset unit on there and we just go to the next turn and keep. Yep. <laughs> because I failed that charge, like- I was put on the back. I was put on the heel so Brad could move forward. And now I was given like the nuclear option. I said, I got to throw my army at him or, and, and I don't, my theory. And I preach this in my group is you go for the win. You don't go for like the, the like, we look at each other, you get, I get 80, you get 90, and we say, good game. I'm still trying to win this game. But because option A was thrown out the window, I was kind of limited on option B. And I said, I got to move forward. I got to put pressure on Brad now. I got to, I got to make him sweat now because now I'm sweating. Well, I got to make him sweat. And so I move. It's hard to do. Yeah. I take the board. And I say, look, do you go ahead.
1: Do you feel like you still had a secondary advantage though there? Because I feel like you still could have you still could have kind of uh rallied back after even after that first turn. Because you still have uh, your center objective one, what's it or the center one, uh what's it called? Um, Oath. Um the moment you still have oaths, and then you still have the the second turn, so you have a chance at a fifteen if you can um set it up for your turn five. Uh,
3: yes. I, I I that was an, uh, that was one thing that went into my head. Was um was the you know, um, and I guess it gets to the, how the list plays. I don't like being aggressive with space wolves, and that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. I actually really like, like being that. passive, <laughs> but I like to have the ability to be aggressive. Like when I'm aggressive, it means it means one or two things. Either I've won, or like. I'm fighting to get into the game. I like Space world. I think Space Wolf's, like, we're not as fast as uh, White Scars. We're not as like, we, and, and that's okay. You just got to recognize the fact. It's like, I'm not as fast as White Scars. I don't have the movement shenanigans of Black Templars. So what do I have? And it's that I hit really hard. I have the counter defense. So if I take the mid- and I say, come fight in the mid, and I have all the fight last that I have. And I say, let's fight over the middle, and I get fight last, so that when you think you're trading, you're not really trading. That's when, like, I shine. So, at least that's how I build Space Wolves.
0: Interesting. So with your with your double fight last from the armor of Rus and the Judiciary. here, yes. Do you find that when people charge you because of the new fight, how charging gives you fight first, so they cancel out and you only get to hit with one unit first? Do you think you don't get as much control as you would want with a double old school fight last? I just, I just don't like using the fight last defensively anymore. I would like to charge two places, make two things fight last and fight somewhere else with the third unit. But defensively, I don't like the fight last as much anymore.
3: I I, I hear you. And that's why I'm like one of my fight lasts is like Wolfen, who fight on death. They're up forward in the early game to take an objective or to take board control. Because you're not wrong. You're a thousand percent right. That old school fight last was just so good. In my mind.
2: Well, real quick, guys, for people that don't know Space Wolves. I do think that I think that Space Wolves is one of the few armies that can use defensive fight last, though, uh, because of the fact of your strat. If you guys will explain real quick why Space Wolves are still fairly viable with a character that only has a three-inch
3: armor, and um, we were just about to get to the meat of the uh, the Brad and Hunter fight, but yes, Space Wolves have a relic called the Armor of Frost that makes you fight last. Okay.
0: So what Brian's referring to is oh. the six-inch heroic oh. intervention that baseballs have access to, yeah. which is the game-changer on the fight line. Which is Because
2: normally it's just so easy, easy to just go, I'm four inches away,
3: it's not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you guys can just cover so much more distance. Yeah, and that's the reason why I, put, why I brought Judge Judy, or the judy issue you are, is because I have a six-inch heroic, and any other space wolf me, or, excuse me, Space Marine Army, other than um, maybe White Scars, because they can advance and charge. But, like in a defensive fight, I have a six inch heroic for my Armor of Russ character, which makes you fight last, or the Judge Judy. And when I move my stuff, I put enough space for that dude to just go through a unit, because it's two inches to go through. I think a Space Marine uh, base is less than two.
0: You know, I they judicious on a 32 mil base, yeah. So that I believe that doesn't fit through two inches. I'm not, say, I'm not 30, sure.
2: 32 is just over an inch, is it?
0: Uh, no, sorry, not 32. He's on a 40 mil base, 32, is, uh, which is the lieutenant, he does fit between two inches. Uh, 40 mil base is it just under two as well? Uh, oh, Come on now, we're it?
2: Americans, we don't know any, anything
0: metric. Oh,
2: yeah, it. use your conversions. <laughs> what are you saying? Come on now. I'll just say know, the that, best like, part about this is do do we want to cover the fight last and then make this a cliffhanger into part two for the giant Hunter Brad? Fight? That's
1: what I was about to say. <laughs> I think that this is a we're we're at the point where I'm going to call it the I normally call it the Brad Hour, but this is going to be the Heidi Brad Hour. It's <laughs> the they, they're both going to go crazy and they're just going to go blind, ask all the questions, and it's going to it's going to be a spicy a episode. Yeah, just the uh, reference.
0: 40 millimeters is 1.6 inches, 1.57. So you can't fit between two inches with a 40 mil base. Good to know.
1: Mm. Yeah, take that. Can Europe. we pause real fast just to say one thing that Jaime just had to look that up? You're from Europe, man. Yeah. You know, this, you're the metric. Like, yeah. how do you- I know
0: metrics. How am I going to calculate for two inches and two millimeters? Thank you very much. If you guys would just use whatever one else the uses, then we wouldn't have this issue. <laughs>
2: Everybody knows it's
3: easier to divide by 12s yeah,
2: yeah. and 16s oh, than 10s. Oh, oh,
0: you've got to how, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, take that Europe. One for
1: USA, USA, US. Well, let's uh let's let's stop the episode here. I think I think this is where we will we lead into the bradening. The part 2, the bradening. Everyone can prepare I, yourselves for it. Can I say Thank maybe, you Hunter. Thank you Jaime, for joining us for part Can I say just one Go right thing? ahead.
3: Yep. My bad. I just want to end this before we go to the second uh episode I think it's very important to say, um anyone that I played in the tournament okay like that's that is from the top, like everyone that rolled dice against Hunter Nichols this weekend, I had a great time, and I think i I was blessed that I didn't have a bad opponent, you know, like opponent that you just roll your eyes and go Ugh, against I would play every one of my opponents again, and I think that's what the game's about. I really do well, um, sure. And if any of my opponents hear this, I'll roll dice with you again anytime and keep being awesome. Like, I, I mean that. That's what the spirit of 40K is again. That's everyone that I've played against, I'll play a few against again.
1: I just want I'm going to play show up at your house at like 1 a.m., bro. To the subscription. I, 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 uh, I'm going to show up at your house at 1 a.m., man. Come I know on, where you baby. live. You're down in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. I'm coming. Come on, I'm like four hours away, bro. You got my roll dice. Come on, baby. Ah. Uh. I all right. love this. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jaime. Nice Thanks, Hunter. Nice. We will see you in part two. Sure. Yes, sir. All right. For those listening, make sure to check out all the other content we have at theartofwar40k.com. We have two other fantastic podcasts. We have The Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam Camillary. We have The Art of War Vanilla with Tim Lennon and John Penny as opposed to The Art of War Pistachio. That is us. It is the podcast you didn't know till you tried it. Check out all of our coaching services we have. You can hire Brad. He will do anything you want. And I mean, literally anything you want. Objectives to prove it.
2: Brad to prove it. The
1: Art of War After Hours. So make sure to check out all the things we have to offer at theartofwar40k.com. Thanks for listening. Check us out in part two. Like what you just listened
0: to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40k network. Theartofwar40k.com.